Friends, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I'm sorry, I cut you off, didn't I? This is the day that the Lord has made. Indeed, let us rejoice, friends. It is a joy to be with you, to welcome you to worship here at Morrisville Presbyterian Church. Whether you are a longtime member or visiting with us for the very first time, we are delighted you are here. It is a joy to worship alongside you this day. And whether you are worshiping with us from home or worshiping in our sanctuary, we have a congregation still in different places, and yet we are united in our love for God and our love for one another. So it is a joy indeed to welcome you to worship in whatever way you are joining us this morning. I want to draw your attention just to one announcement, friends, and that is many of you will uh, remember our beloved intern of two years, Molly Ramsey. You may have received an email this week. She is being ordained and installed today at 4 p.m. at Point Pleasant Presbyterian Church in Point Pleasant, New Jersey. You are all invited to attend. Also in the email this week, there's a Zoom link that was provided if you want to join over your computer. But regardless, there will be folks there carrying the love of this church church family to celebrate and uh, worship with her new church family there. And so wanted to just let you know, please think of her, pray for her this afternoon and pray for the saints of Point Pleasant Presbyterian Church who are welcoming them, who are welcoming her officially as their pastor. Truly a joy to uh, remember Molly today and to celebrate with those saints there. There's a red friendship folder in your pew. We would invite you to note your presence with us, pass your, it to your neighbor so they can do the same. And friends, I just can't even begin to tell you what a joy it is to worship with you today. To have our choir here. I know they were here last week too, but I was not, so I'm really excited about today. And it is always a joy to worship our God, to be gathered together as God's people, as this family of faith, friends. So as we open our hearts, Woo, there it is. As we open our hearts, ourselves, our lives today, I'm gonna, stepping back doesn't help because I think it's on me. So welcome, friends. It's a joy to worship with you. Let us worship God together. Please rise and join us in the call to worship as printed in your bulletin. Through Moses, God said, Let my people go. In scripture, the law declares, In the seventh year, you must cancel all debts. With grace, Jesus said, Give one coat away. With honesty, Jesus taught. Sell what you have, give that money to the poor. Faith has always involved letting go, releasing, setting free, dropping our nets, giving to others, and following. So in the hour of worship, may we release that which binds us. May we worship with open, untamed, and porous hearts, so that we can walk freely with God. Let us worship God together. Please remain standing for the singing of hymn 450, Be Thou My Vision.
to everything around us, our God provides a different vision, a vision of release, releasing a free spirit of grace, releasing mercy, releasing love. So let us turn to our God and release our burdens we hold in our hearts and confess our sins using the prayer of confession, followed by a time for silent confession. Gracious God, we admit to holding tight to that which we know and understand. We put you in a box to avoid the shades of gray that come with faith. We put worship in a box to avoid the discomfort of change. We put ourselves in boxes labeled with gender expectations and societal norms. We put others in boxes labeled worthy and unworthy. We put all that we have in a box and pray we won't run out. So in this moment, we confess to holding tight to fear, greed, and worldly structures. Forgive us for missing the point. Open our eyes to a new way, to a holiness found in open boxes, unclenched fists, shades of gray, and holy release. People of God, hear the good news. Who is in a position to condemn? Only Christ. And Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for us. And Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life has gone and the new life has begun. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. Beloved Church, as forgiven people, let us share the peace of Christ with one another using American Sign Language as we have been doing for some time now. The peace of Christ be with you and also with you. Let us share the peace of Christ. Be with you.
Let us pray. Gracious God, we release our hearts to you. Move in them. Stir us awake. Speak to us now through your holy word. We are waiting. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. This morning's New Testament reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 19, verses 16 through 22. Then someone came to him and said, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother also. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, I have kept all these. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you wish to be perfect, go, sell your possessions, and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard that word, he went away grieving, for he had many possessions. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
I would now like to invite any young friends forward for a time for young disciples. Hello. Hello, everybody. Come on up. Hey, Tucker. Hello, hello. Hello, MJ and Ben. Hello. Hello, Harrison, McKinley, Lincoln. Hello. Come on, we can scooch over. Hello. Good morning. Come on up, Rory. Well, it's great. Hi. It's okay. She's right there. It's okay. Well, it's great to see all of you this morning. And I don't know if you noticed, but we have, we have some people with us who might be new with us this morning. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. So I'm wondering if you can help me help folks who might be new in worship this morning teach us what we do in worship. There's a couple of things that we do in worship that I can use your help in sharing with others. One of the things we do in worship is we sing. And we sing with our mouths. Can you make the hand motion of singing? We go like this. We sing in worship. That's right. We sing at Time for Music with Mr. Carpenter. We sing hymns in the pews. We sing about how great God is. We also listen in worship. Can you listen in worship too? Can you do this? Right? You go like this. We listen to Bible stories. We listen to our Sunday school teachers and Pastor Rachel and folks who are doing sermons. We listen for God's word for us. And then once we hear that, we think. We think about, can you do your thinking, put your thinking cap on and think with your brain? We think about what we've heard and what we've sung. We try to be better people this week and to love God better. And the last thing we do is we pray. Do you all have praying hands? Sometimes we pray with folded hands or we pray like this. That's right. Because after we've sung how great God is, after we've heard for what God is telling us to do, after we've thought about more about that and how we could do that this week, we pray that we might love God and, and that we remember God's love for us this week. So do you think you could do that? You can help other people who are new to worship. You can help them, remind them that we sing, that we listen, that we think, and that we pray. That's what we do here at worship. And God, the things that we always do, we always remember that God loves us, okay? All right. Well, let us pray. Do one of the four things that we do. Let us pray. Repeat after me. God, we thank you for always being there for us. And we pray that you help us worship and love you this week. Amen. Well, it's been great to be with you. You can head back to Time for Music. Oh, hello. Hello. It's great to see you.
Friends, our Old Testament lesson this morning comes from the book of Deuteronomy, the 15th chapter, beginning with the first verse. Together, let us listen for the word of God. Every seventh year, you shall grant a remission of debts. And this is the manner of the remission. Every creditor shall remit the claim that is held against a neighbor, not exacting it from a neighbor who is a member of the community because the Lord's remission has been proclaimed. From a foreigner you may exact it, but you must remit your claim on whatever any member of your community owes you. There will, however, be no one in need among you. Because the Lord is sure to bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you as a possession to occupy. If only you will obey the Lord your God by diligently observing this entire commandment that I command you today. When the Lord your God has blessed you, as he promised you, You will lend to many nations, but you will not borrow. You will rule over many nations, but they will not rule over you. If there is among you anyone in need, a member of your community in any of your towns within the land that the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted towards your needy neighbor. You should rather open your hand willingly lending enough to meet the need, whatever it may be. Be careful that you do not entertain a mean thought, thinking the seventh year, the year of the remission, is near, and therefore view your needy neighbor with hostility and give nothing. Your neighbor might cry to the Lord against you, and you will incur guilt, give liberally, And be ungrudging when you do so. For on this account, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in all that you undertake. Since there will never cease to be someone in need on the earth, I therefore command you, open your hand to the poor and needy neighbor in your land. Friends, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So friends, figure it's about mid-October. Three church members, all from different churches, have found themselves stranded on a desert island. Okay, play with me here. There's a Methodist, there's a Catholic, and there's a Presbyterian. Now, the Methodist and the Catholic, whew, they want to be rescued. So they are lighting fires. They are creating huge flags, waving them in the air. They are drawing big signs in the sand, desperately trying to be rescued. And the Presbyterian is just hanging out, not doing a thing. Well, the Methodist and the Catholic, clearly and understandably annoyed, ask, why aren't you helping us? 
Don't you want to be rescued? And the Presbyterian, cool as a cucumber, replies, friends, don't worry. Relax. I, I'm Presbyterian. And it's October. The stewardship committee will find me. And find most of you, they did this past week. If you're a member of Morrisville Presbyterian Church, you likely received several postcards in your mailbox over the course of the past week, introducing this stewardship theme. You see it in your bulletin too, a money story, God's and ours, challenging us to think critically about our own stories related to money and how those stories do or do not line up with God's money story. God's money story, a story as we saw resonate in our scripture today, filled with grace and abundance and gratitude and generosity. And I will readily admit, this is a different kind of stewardship campaign than we've had in the past. It's one encouraging a bit more self-reflection, a bit more communal reflection, an effort to understand why, not just what we believe, but why we believe what we do about money and how we've come to believe it. And I want you to know this campaign is actually coming out of an extensive conversation that your session has been having over the course of the past year. Back in January of 2021, your session, which is the governing body of this church, for those of you who aren't as familiar with being Presbyterian, well, the governing body of this church dove into an exploration called Our Money Story. It was a curriculum written by a sanctified art and Vandersaw Collective designed to help us understand what it is that has shaped both our individual and collective stories about money. As it's explained in the introductory material, we all have a money story. Whether we recognize it or not, whether we want to admit it or not. Perhaps we are living from a story of generosity and great abundance. Perhaps we are living from a story of, of fear or shame or guilt. Perhaps we're living from a story that we have always had enough, or we've never had enough. Regardless of the story we carry with us, the hope was that this study, this exploration, would challenge us to ask, where might God be speaking a new narrative into the limited ones we've told ourselves? Now, let me be very clear. We can each attest in our own lives to the fact that more often than not, more often than not, to speak of money is to invite just a load of tension into any room. Whether it's paying the bills or the awkwardness of splitting a check at the end of a meal 
or the reviewing of a budget with a spouse or partner when having an honest conversation about money and its place in our lives, well, tension, whew, it just seems to arrive. We so quickly want to avoid these conversations, and so most of the time, we do pretty successfully. But the hope of this exploration of your session, the hope of these conversations we're hoping to inspire is that we have the opportunity to reframe our stories. Believe it or not, money and possessions are one of the most common topics in Scripture. Jesus actually talked about money more than he ever talked about faith or prayer. A fact that we'd really rather not acknowledge most of the time. But it turns out our money story is, in fact, a spiritual story. And so your session, those who you have elected to be leaders in this church, they set out to explore this spiritual story of money in their own lives, as well as in the life of our church. And the first step was to explore the story that each one of them have told themselves, that we have told ourselves, the story that we've inherited, the story that perhaps in our families has been told for generations. Remember, there is enough, there's not enough. We've all absorbed these sorts of stories over time. And we asked ourselves, and I, you know, perhaps you might even consider asking yourself here today, we asked ourselves a lot of questions. Who are the characters in your story of money? What's the setting? In other words, what people? What people have been influential in your understanding of money? Your parents? Your grandparents? Your pastor? Your friend? How, how, who has been important and how has your environment been a factor in your understanding of money? We looked at the plot of the story, the conflict that might be a part of it. What are key events in your money story? Did you lose a job? Did the bills get to be too much? How has the arc of the story shifted over time? What financial limitations or challenges have you faced in your personal life? Where is there tension? Where is there wrestling in this story? Or is there? Where has conflict come up among the characters? What challenges do you want to overcome or heal from? What has been the emotional tone of your understanding of money? Has your attitude toward it changed? Has it not? And are there themes that you can pull out threads that you see throughout the course of your life? What's the overriding philosophy or belief within that story? I realize I am giving you an incredibly substantial crash course in, into this exploration, an exploration that was months of conversation in our session. But these questions I've just named, these are questions that we spent a great deal of time on. Reflecting on the money story that we carry in our own personal lives. And then seeking to look at the whole picture 
of our story and asking ourselves what feels good in this story? What's worth holding on to? How do those things inspire your giving or your own financial practices of wellness in your job, in your family, in your church? But we also dared to ask, what parts of this story hold tension for you? Or heaviness? Or shame? Where is there conflict? Why do you think that's there? How might you work to rewrite areas of this money story? Is this the story you want to embody moving forward? What is missing? What is missing? that you want to include in your story as it continues to unfold. After we spent a long time looking at our own stories around money, the ones we've written, the ones we've inherited, we took some time to read scripture and imagine and write God's money story. We talked about similar things we'd done with our own. Who are the characters? What's the setting? Who, who, what areas of the Bible and Scripture teach us about faithful stewardship, overarching themes that we know to be true about God's money story? One that sings out abundance and generosity and provision. And then when all of that was done, and keep in mind, this is months, months, after all of that was done, an exploration of our own stories, Putting those alongside God's story, after all that was done, the session sought to explore the money story of Morrisville Presbyterian Church, asking ourselves the same questions. Who have been the characters? What's been the plot or the conflict? What has been the setting, the tone? What themes can you see? over the course of history. And out of those weeks and months of honest conversation and reflection came the unique money story of Morrisville Presbyterian Church. A story filled with faithful saints, with generosity and gratitude, as well as a story filled with some heaviness and tension and fear. And on multiple occasions this past week, I've been asked by members of the congregation, why are, why are we bothering to share this story? Why are we doing it in this way? After all, why would we want to share a story about the life of our church that might not always be the best version of ourselves for the world to see? Are we trying to scare away new members? Are we trying to anger people or disappoint them? People who love this church? People who have given their lives to this church? Why in the world do we want to share something, anything, other than the very best version of ourselves for anyone to see? not lost on me, it's never lost on me, that money has a tendency to ruffle our feathers, has a tendency to cause discomfort, or perhaps even send people running from the hills away from the conversation, 
it's uncomfortable, especially when we have strong opinions, likely from strong storylines. But strong opinions about money, how it should be used, how it shouldn't. But I think we're sharing this story and inviting you to reflect on your own story of money because we want to be transparent and honest about money in our life of faith together. Our hope is that inviting the tension into the room is actually a way to open up a conversation, release the pressure to put, to be invited to put the reality of MPC's money story alongside God's money story and ask ourselves some really hard questions and be willing to be honest about the answers. Friends, as Christians, in this life of faith, we always believe there are ways we can stretch and grow and be challenged to live more faithfully as God's people. Why would that be any different in our relationship with money? It's our hope that these conversations about money will actually inspire more conversation, fruitful conversation that can empower us to live boldly into the future. That my word, friends, God is already at work preparing among us. But it means a constant willingness to ask ourselves, how, how can we live more faithfully as God's people here in this church? Here at Morrisville Presbyterian Church. You might recall that every week when we gather to worship, every week, part of what we do is confess our sins. We're good Presbyterians, after all. We confess the ways we have fallen short. We name the things that, that have separated us from God. We acknowledge over and over again, every week, that we are not perfect and that there are always, always opportunities in our lives to live more faithfully as God's people. And so perhaps part of why we're trying to be honest about money is because we're trying to address something we know that God cares a whole lot about. We're acknowledging that it's not something we have always done perfectly but it is something we always want to do more faithfully. Last week, as we gathered around God's table together to be fed by the feast of our Lord, we remembered the story of God's faithfulness. A story that reminds us of the great history of God's grace and provision, even when we are undeserving of it. And I would be willing to bet those of you who have been at this church for a long, long time can tell us plenty of stories remembering God's faithfulness in the life of this church. My word, are those stories so numerous? And today, in our scripture, 
we are reminded that even as that remembrance and God's faithfulness is fresh among us, and perhaps especially then, we are reminded of God's call to release. Today in the Gospel of Matthew, a story you've probably heard a hundred times, we see this man grieved to let go of his wealth. In Deuteronomy, we find God's hope for community in this, what feels to us, crazy theology of canceled debts and yet a communal release that is practiced for the good of all people. Both of these scriptures remind us that release can be a spiritual practice. Sometimes it is the literal release of resources that belong to God but have been entrusted to our care. Other times, it's a release of the very things that came up in our exploration as we thought about our own stories. Releasing shame we might feel, or anxiety, or guilt, or greed that, that keeps us from freedom and wholeness that God desires for us. And friends, all the time, all the time, this call to release, it's a call to release anything, everything in our lives that prevent us from fully living into God's story for us, God's desire for us, God's deep desire for us. This call to release is a reminder that in the life of faith, we can be honest in fact, we are called to be honest. Called to be honest about who we are, what we've done, what we've failed to do, and what it is that we've allowed into our hearts and minds and stories that separate us from God. It is precisely precisely when we remember God's faithfulness and provision, even when we, or especially when we are most undeserving, that we can feel free to release the things that have separate us, separated us from God's hope for our lives. So yes, it's true. This past week, and in the weeks to come, the Stewardship Committee will find you. But far more than them finding you, it is my deep hope you will take space to find yourself. To find the details of your own story of money in all its joys, and faults and flaws to find the ways your story has aligned with God's story and the ways it hasn't, and trust that in the honesty of that conversation, God is alive and at work in you. And it is my deep hope that together in all of this, in all of this, we will all find God present in our midst, working within us, 
through us, beyond us, and when needed, even in spite of us. The Stewardship Committee will find you. But I really hope, I really hope you allow a space for God to find you this season too. Because that is the story God is dying to hear. And that is a story God is dying to write along with you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved Church, as we seek to be honest and hear God's call to release whatever is before us and our money stories, let us stand as you are able and sing together hymn number 684, Faith Begins by Letting Go. Please rise and sing together hymn number 684. Please remain standing and join me as we affirm our faith through the words in your bulletin written by Sarah R. We seek to release our whole hearts to God. Let us state what we believe. We believe that on the first day, God released love and creativity over a void, and that void became mountains and rivers 
sunsets, and starry nights. We believe God released God's people from the grips of slavery, liberating us day in and day out. We believe God laid down with death and was released from its grip, knowing suffering and fleeing us from this fragile life. We believe God invites us, day in and day out, to release our fears, let go of assumptions, tear down walls, throw open doors, and walk closer to love. May it be so. Amen. Please be seated. Beloved Church, we have the opportunity now to take stock of our week, reflect on where God calls us and where God calls us to release. So let us turn now to a time for prayer. Lord God, you are so vast that you have no need for gripping or seizing or possessing your creation. We give you thanks for the opportunities of abundance that you bestow upon us each day. We praise you for the flower that blossoms in the field while no one is looking. We relish the simple yet holy moments where time loses its bounds in common conversation and in good company. We celebrate when a toddler finds their ability to speak and blesses us all with their new tool in endless streams of consciousness. O oh God, in your genius you created a world that opens, a time that is eternal, and an existence that is full of your glory. For the many ways you release your grace upon us, we give you endless praise. Lord Christ, we give you thanks and hear your invitation to release our own worries and burdens to you. For those of us heading in and out of surgeries or tests or trying to manage an illness, we pray for your healing touch and your greater understanding as we embark on the windy road of seeking truer health. For those of us grieving the loss of a job or the death of a loved one, pierce through the numbness around us and show us your presence that can bring peace to any hardship. For those of us in constant worry or care of others, Grant us the ability to do what we can and the grace to know we cannot do it all. Lord Christ, you are the one who knows the pain of the world and brings forth renewal in a way that no one else can see. So hear your people this day and guide us to your ever-growing love. Spirit of the living God, we are your congregation throwing up our hands to you. 
We pray that you may take our clenched fists and open them to your wonderful ways. Show us how to drop that which keeps us from you so that we may pick up your baton in the race towards justice. Spread our arms wide so that we may be ready to receive your wholeness. And release your spirit upon this world and show us how to release whatever you are doing through us so that we may know and that all may know your peace in this community and the world. We pray all this and many other prayers that we hold in our hearts in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us how to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Beloved Church, as you are able, please stand and join together in singing our final hymn, 806, I'll Praise My Maker. Please stand and join our voices together.
My friends, as we seek to release those things that separate us from God, I really hope you will take the time this season to, yes, know the Stewardship Committee will find you, but I hope really, truly, you will allow God to find you too, and that whatever wrestling needs to take place will happen, whatever releasing needs to take place will happen, but certainly whatever remembering needs to happen to know the faithfulness of your God, of our God, that you will always hold fast to that truth. Friends, as we go from this place, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. May it be with those you love. May it be with those you are called to love. This day and forevermore. And together we say, Amen.